I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Today, we are talking about money and we're talking about National Geographic. You know, I love having my authors here. And so before I have got two people today, typically I only have one guest at a time. This is going to be fun, a big group. And I have Sarah Wassner Flynn and Alvin Hall, and we're talking about not so common sense. It's uh, super duper important facts about money. You can't afford to miss. And if you are a listener, you guys know that I am learning all about the new things about finances and and managing all the things. So this will be helpful. So before I bring them on, let me tell you about Sarah and Alvin. Uh, First, Sarah is uh, an award-winning writer and children's nonfiction specialist. Some of her National Geographic kids titles include Weird But True, Know-It-All, Greek Mythology, which I love that book. I have that book. Uh, This book stinks, gross garbage, rotten rubbish, and the science of trash and the ultimate book of sharks, which I probably need to get my hands on because my oldest loves sharks with (laughs) world-renowned National Geographic photographer, Brian Scary. She also contributed to the New York Times bestselling National Geographic Kids Almanac. This book stinks received the AAAS Subaru SBNF prize for uh, excellence in science books, a Green Earth Book Award by the Nature uh, Generation and was designated as an outstanding science trade book by the National Science Teachers Association. Wow. And then Alvin, excited to have a second person to introduce, uh, is an internationally recognized award-winning financial educator, author, and television and radio host. He's the author of the best-selling financial advice books, You and Your Money, Your Money or Your Life, What Not to Spend, Getting Started in Mutual Funds, and his 2008 children's book, Show Me the Money. In 2006, he was awarded the Wincott Award for Business Journalism for his 2006 documentary, Jay-Z, From Brooklyn to Boredom. No, I'm sorry. Brooklyn to the Boardroom. Duh. uh, About (laughs) the life of rapper Jay-Z. In addition, he was the longtime host of award-winning BBC radio finance program, Your Money or Your Life. Welcome, Sarah and Alvin, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. I'm excited to have two people. This is really, really fun. Um, before we dive in, we're going to now get, we're going to get to, I have one icebreaker question. So we'll, we'll start with Alvin. We're going to start with Alvin. Um, you ready? Yes. Okay. What is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? My favorite cookie is an oatmeal raisin cookie. I adore them when they're very moist. My favorite memory of those is stopping in a shop in Jersey City when I was, oh, first in New York City in about 1982 and coming across this thick, moist oatmeal raisin cookie that was so delicious that I still remember it to this day. That's amazing. That's why, you know, food gives us memories. And, and so it's great. That's why I ask also, because it's like, why not? Um, and how about you, Sarah? Um, so I don't know what your 
your audience thinks about crumble cookies, but I oh gosh, we've love had, the mint. I know they're polarizing, so um, they're expensive, but I really like the mint chocolate crumble cookie. Um, that kind of is like a thin minty style, uh, dark chocolate with mint. Um, I try not to eat too many of those because they're huge. And like I said, they're kind of pricey. Um, my favorite memory is learning to make chocolate chip cookies with my grandmother. She had like, you know, the magic touch with chocolate chip cookies. I haven't been able to recreate. I think it was just the Nestle Toll House um, regular standard recipe. But I remember hers tasting so good. And now when I make them, I try to recreate that. But I feel like hers, she just had like, you know. That extra Grandma. grandmother touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can never always recreate. It always tastes better from some, like the person creating it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, we've had crumble cookie as an uh, as a as an answer. And I'm always like, crumble cookie, are you listening? You can send them on my way. I'll promote you all day. <laughs> <laughs> we just got one here. So they're good. They are. They're just big. They're big. Um, and yeah, yeah, they're, they're way too much. You have to cut them up. When I get them for my kids, I cut them into like fourths. So. It's oh yeah. Cause you have four kids and you can imagine mm-hmm. the sugar rush of that going around. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's jump in. So you have, um, this book that came out, not so common sense. So Alvin, I assume are you're the money expert and Sarah, you're the writing of brains. And so tell mm-hmm. me wh- firstly, cause this is, um, more of a parenting. So we're going to talk kids. So What's a good lesson that kids should learn about money? Because I, my kids are learning like just dollars and cents. My son goes to uh, coin shows with my dad. It's like his thing. He loves them. Very popular amongst the people that um, the vendors. And he actually went to one last weekend, brings home coins. So what, what is uh, so important uh, about those lessons for them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we just wanted to give kids this broad kind of like, falling under this big umbrella, everything that they need to know about money. We have very practical advice in there, which is about saving, like, you know, set spending and saving hacks. But the really the number one lesson is that you can use your money as a superpower. You can change the world with money. And that doesn't mean you have to be super rich, um, you know, or have this really high paying job, but just we wanted to like empower kids with the tools for knowing how they can use their money to make a difference. And so, you know, like money is, is a universal language and we need to, um, wherever you live and you know, whatever city or whatever your socioeconomic background is, you know, you, you will have money in your life. So, you know, as we tell kids money is their superpower and we instill these lessons at a very young age or at this age now, which is about eight years and up, you know, then we hope that they take that lesson into the future and they think, okay, when I do start making money in my first job, here's how I can save and do whatever you want to do in life later on. There's a lot of things. Go ahead, Alvin. Sorry. And the book appeals to their curiosity. As children are developing, they're seeing their parents using money, they're seeing it used in television shows and things like that. And they may start to wonder, what is the difference between money here and money in Europe or money in the UK? Uh, Does all money look the same size as it does in America? How do people in other countries use gold? What are substitutes for money? So all of those curiosities, all of those questions that happens in a child's mind, they can turn to this book and read about it in a way that's both visual and engaging. 
Yes, there is a lot of photos and colors and, and National Geographic does an amazing job with that, especially bulking it together. And so with money, like for kids, for sure, like mine are young. And so they're learning the concept of money. So they're like, something breaks it's like, can you buy us a new one? It's like, I'm not made of money is basically what we say. Right. And she's uh-huh, like, people uh-huh. get you and they don't grasp the concept that like it costs them at like this much or this much. Right. And so it's important to understand the value of a dollar and what do you are seeing? Um, I like this because it's, it has a lot of pictures of coins. A lot of people uh-huh. use credit cards. So they see the card and they're like, Oh, just swipe the card. It's like, they don't uh-huh. see the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I've had to share with my own kids too. Like this is attached to something. It's not magic. And um, they think it's magic, especially now that I just tap. Right. And so, you know, we do have a, some information about credit cards in here. Um, kids aren't going to get credit cards right away, but you know, when they do get them, they're going to know not only where credit cards came from, the, you know, the, the first initiation initiation of credit cards, but also like what it means to have credit, even what it means to have debt too, because that's something that they see in their their lives too. And I'm sure they hear their parents talking about it. So it's just like, like I said, these broad topics that we kind of like break down into more digestible um, information. What about um, right now, there's like this new thing where they have cards for kids to put money on for like bank accounts. And so it's teaching kids about money. Um, how did you ever, does this cover that type of scenario? Because it's like future, not like it's kind of like the times. Mm-hmm. Well, my son has a step card um, and actually we, we just uh, I think that's mentioned here necessarily, but it is kind of like, this is something that you can have soon. Um, it's something that, you know, it's up to your parents, obviously, or your guardians, but just introducing them. It's not like, you know, kids are so savvy these days and they see everything. And so they're going to want a credit card. My cousin, I mean, my son saw his cousin with one and he wanted that when he was 12. And we said, wait till you're 14. Cause you can uh, actually start making money when you're 14. And so when he did, he got the step card and there's like, you know, sometimes $15 on his card, but that's enough for him. He can go to the store and buy himself a drink and, you know, see that money go down and know that he has to make a little bit more to put it back on there. So it's really basic lessons for him. What's brilliant about what Sarah had just said was that her timing, her son asked for it when he was 12, but she waited till he was 14 because learning about money follows a developmental arc and children are most capable of thinking of money in abstract terms, credit cards, plastic interest rates when they're older. When they're younger, they go to this, through this accumulation phase where they're collecting coins or they're collecting dolls or they're collecting baseball cards. And then it's about watching the pile grow. And eventually when they got to get to about 10 or 11, they're capable of understanding more complicated things. Throughout each of these uh, stages though, there's an emotion behind money, which is very important to help the parents take control of. And what Sarah has done so brilliantly with her child is to say, yes, you know this, but there's a point at which you can use it effectively. And she was able to delay it until he is responsible. Yes, um, my kids came home from dad's house with $100 bills each because they memorized his phone number. (laughs) 
great lesson. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, I was like, they're like, we have a hundred dollar bill. I'm like, and they had come home from, I think like a, a mute, they went to something like an arcade. So I was like thinking fake money. And I was like, what, what? And like, no real. I'm like, let me see. And it was, they each had their own Ziploc bag with this crisp $100 bill in it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Can I have that please? I'm going to put that away because you just got, and he, they're like, well, it's ours. I go, it's fine. It's a hundred dollars. And it's one it, it, look, it's a lot of money, but it's only one piece of paper. Let me put this away because yesterday or the other day you were mad and ripped up a $1 bill. <laughs> Let's not do that. I'm going to put this away and try to teach them that. And they, they didn't, they're young, right? Like he's five mm-hmm. and he's like, you're taking my money. I'm like, I'm not, it's right here safe because it's a lot. So he doesn't understand my oldest is like, well, I have a hundred dollars in there. So he's kidding. It's getting to that age, but, um, it's the concept of amount versus what they see like a hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money, but one thing they're like, that's just one. Like, yes. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's this old child development trick where you put a hundred dollar bill in front of a child and you put five twenties and which one is the most. And many children will choose the five twenties because they're more than there. They don't understand that concept. It's only when they get to be about 10 or 11, where they start to see those differences clearly. And that's when it's a good time to take those hundred dollar bills and walk them to a bank and have them open a savings account, a traditional savings account, put that money in there and then have them track it either online or on uh, whatever method you use at home so they can see that money start to increase. They won't fully understand that it's interest that causing them to increase, but they'll see that number going up and that becomes a motivation. You mean if I put this money in the bank, it will get, it will become more money they'll start to understand that. And that's how you lead them through these various stages. Oh, wow. What a great concept. And I, I should do that. I get, you get these checks from grandma and then you (laughs) deposit them and you put them away, but we need to designate those things or savings bonds. Do you guys cover savings bonds? Are those even a thing anymore in this book? Yes, they're covered in the book. Savings bonds are still issued by the U S government. Um, we also cover treasury bonds and other types of securities, but savings bond is a real basic type of security that everybody needs to understand. And it's something you can do for your children to put money away for their education. You can put money away for their future trips they plan to take. Those are really useful things, but there are many other ways today that you can help your child and at the same time, teach them about the long-term growth and the value of money. Absolutely. And so in, um, do you have to be good at math to make money? I love Alvin's response to this. Uh, he has a great response. So I'll let him take that one. <laughs> I think you really have to be first good at basic arithmetic. And then as you need to learn more sophisticated forms of mathematics, you learn them as you need them. And that's how you build knowledge. You don't have to understand everything at one time because mathematics is very complicated, but there's a point at which you can understand what interest rate actually means. And then when you are saving and you it's growing, you can understand compound interest. When you go to get your first mortgage, then you can understand how interest applies to that. So at every stage you can build and develop knowledge and it accumulates making you smarter at each step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also yeah, finding I, someone that can explain it to you nicely. Yeah. Well, arithmetic. And I'm not class. a math. Sorry. 
Yeah. Cool. I, I've never, I was more of like, you know, the English uh, major, you know, I was never that great at math. And so, but I'm okay, you know, I'm okay with money. So whenever I hear that question, I'm like, no, you know, I can't help my fifth grader do her math homework <laughs> most of the time, but I, you know, I can figure out money. So it's, um, Something that also in the book, you know, like I mentioned, we have these like saving hacks and like little math. There's math like sneakily built into the book um, that kids will be able to do at hopefully all ages. They don't have to have like, you know, that they don't have to be the older level to understand that. So, right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, um, I'm, I'm getting my first mortgage by myself and we were locking, locking in interest rates and I was like, and then they're like, oh, your mortgage will go up in a couple of years. Like, wait, why? Like, why? Like, I just want it to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, no, 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 no. Like, I want to just plan. And so they're like, oh, you'll refinance. And so having a really good person to also explain money, if you don't understand it, you don't have to feel like you have to know everything about it. I mean, you mm-hmm. should know, like you said, common, like you should add, subtract the interest stuff is if you don't know, you don't know. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you can learn it. The thing is, this, you if you have a good teacher and someone who can explain it to you, you can learn it. One of the things I love about the book is that no matter where your child is developmentally, whether they're just learning about money ideas or whether they're learning about their first savings account or whether they're becoming aware of a global world, you can go through this book and find information appropriate to each phase of that development which makes the kids so much smarter and it engages them. And the book also spurs them to be more curious because then the book is there, this resource, a place where they can, uh, as Sarah says, discover their magical power with money. Oh man. And so with it fascinates me with kids when they're younger and they have this like entrepreneurial spirit. And so like mm-hmm. starting lemonade stands or I see the Girl Scout cookies. One was at the movie theater, mm-hmm. I think a month ago. I was like, that's genius. Like selling like at the movie yes. theater. So you don't, oh, yeah. I don't know if the movie theater was thrilled about it. Unless it maybe it was their kid, but because you're taking business <laughs> from their concession stand. But I thought it was pretty genius for them to be selling those inside the cook and bringing them in. So these mm-hmm. kids are, entre- I used to be a Girl Scout. I'd knock old school, knocked on the door, had the order mm-hmm. form. They had to write mm-hmm. it with the pencil. They wrote you the check or they gave right. you the cash. And then we delivered them later. Um, now mm-hmm. you just, I think you buy them and you have to try to sell them, I think is the way it goes now. But um, yep. can it really like, tell us more about how maybe this could support that kind of yeah, spirit? Sure. I mean, you know, like I said, my kids are younger too. And um, I've seen it firsthand Like they want to go out and, you know, sell things and um, they've done lemonade stands, they've done door to door, whatever it is, but it is a good first step for kids to get that like idea about earning income at such a young age. And it's also very wholesome, right? Like people love to see kids uh, selling lemonade on a hot day. Um, It also provides that spark of entrepreneurship, like you mentioned. Um, And we have in the book, there's like a couple of kid business, you know, kids who have done really, really well um, as entrepreneurs. And so we highlight that as more like aspirational. Um, So there's like Michaela Ulmer and she does the um, lemonade. It's like uh, something bees. I'm blanking right now, but she started that at four. Sure. She had some help, but now it's like at uh, stores all over the country and she's made millions. And there's a kid there in 
in the book who did bow ties, um, a girl who created oh, yeah. a slime company. So it's like, okay, kids, you can do this too. And they see that stuff, you know, online, TikTok and stuff, but we provide like all the information, like this is how you can do this and you can start in your backyard or your front yard. Um, and we also like to have like, of course, a humanitarian or like a, a giving back kind of component to it too. And so what I do with my kids, I always encourage them if they're ever selling something that they should take some of the proceeds and donate it to a cause or all of the proceeds and donate it to a cause. Um, and we have uh, good information in the book as well about giving back. Yeah, that's that's an, that's that's kind of confusing for them too. When mine are are so young, so I'm moving, so I'm like, we, we might want to find some things to donate. And so they think, no, don't donate that because they don't think that they're because they think we're throwing it away. It's like well, we're mm -hmm. giving it to someone that is less fortunate that doesn't have it. Make room for other things, especially before Christmas. I try to do it to clean some stuff out, and mm -hmm. you know, um, teaching them that uh, giving money or giving things that are of worth is a good cause too. And it's not a bad spend. Right. Yeah. It's a tough concept for my kids too. And um, we have even touch on philanthropy in the book too, because it's like they see celebrities sometimes like giving away things and they're like, well, that's some, someone who's really, really rich can only do that. But it's like, no, like you can think about ways, even if you have $10, how you can give that to a better cause and how you can, like I said before, create change. Um, and so that was important for me to include current examples, like even like Dolly Parton, who has given a lot of money uh, during you know, the, the pandemic and for vaccines and things like that, where like you find your cause, you find your choice of what you want to do. Um, and so that's really like bringing it back to National Geographic, because obviously money is not like the first thing you think of when you think of National Geographic brands. Um, but there are a lot of components in the book that are like tie it back to the, the, the beauty in the National Geographic brand is that like, you know, the world is a small place. And so we can all help each other out. Money is green, keeping it green, mm -hmm. going back to that. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and National Geographic, it's all the kids stuff. Um, it's just so they break it down. And so even parents that don't understand it would really love this book. Like, especially me, like when I'm kind of learning what all those things mean, I'm, I'm on a bigger scale. So I'm like, just trying to like keep up. And so breaking it down, it's, it's, nice to be able to learn through it. And when I think of National Geographic, it's a lot of um, information. Like my son loves getting these books in the mail because he loves to learn. He's one of those brainiac kids. He's not really in sports and uh, mm -hmm. he likes these graphic novels and lots of colors and, and information. He will learn something, come tell me. And he learns a lot of like almanacs and stuff. And he knows everything. Mm -hmm. up, you could name any animal in the world, insects, uh, all because of, yeah. of National Geographic, really. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's so fun to hear. I love that because I'm like, oh, you're speaking my language. That's who we write the books for. Those kinds of, I, my kids are, I was like that growing up too. I just loved, I grew up on uh, Guinness World Records. I would just read that yeah. book and memorize world records. And so that's so fun for me that I get to do this as my job now because I'm like, oh, I get to write about like, you know, the world's biggest coin and things like that. that Fascinating. I used to, like, devour when I was younger. Yeah. I love it. I am. Um, and I also had the CEO, uh, the editor in chief of uh, National Geographic on last year. And okay. it's just fascinating on um, just all the information that they provide. And so I really encourage my listeners know I love National Geographic authors and I really 
implore them to go and get this book uh, and learn about money for themselves, teach their kids. Um, like I had said before we got on the air, I, my kid sees this yellow book and he's like, Ooh, I'm like, no, no, wait. And he has all of them in his room. And, um, as a kid too, I have all the hard copy, like the hardback books, like the big ones, mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. series, like all of them, my parents had them. And we also have the old school, like magazine ones, mm-hmm. like yeah. even the holographic one. And I have yeah. that whole collection and I keep those. And I'm like, don't rip them, but they're nice. Oh. And they're still, you know, it's just a lot of natural geographic has just been around for so long. So I appreciate you guys sharing your book with me and the listeners. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, I love the, I love the fact that you, you understand one of the key things about the brand that it has to appeal to both the adults who's who are going to buy it and the children. It has mm-hmm. to yes. be satisfying to both of those because you're going to lay out the money because you see the promise that the book has for your children, how it's going to stimulate their imagination, how it's going to help them develop, how it's going to create a new path and new ways of thinking. And it's the you look at the book and you think there's such satisfying reads. Even if you only read one spread, right? You think, wow, that's a pretty good thing. They've taken all that information and put it together in a way that makes you think, wow, I've learned so much in just one spread from a book. And a kid walks away from that feeling very satisfied and motivated. Absolutely. And I know that these books take a lot of time and you guys work on these very, very hard and it takes a while and it's very um, methodical. And I appreciate you sharing this with me and the links will be in the show notes for the listeners to grab a copy. Um, I strongly recommend looking at it. Um, I can now take it out of my drawer and give it to my kid now that we've yeah. spoken <laughs> and he's been itching and, and, uh, uh, please come back again, um, and share your next book. Um, I love, I've had uh, Allison Johnson on many times and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I love having you guys on. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing your knowledge and your time with us. And, um, where can we follow both of you in case we want to keep up with your next project or some other things about money? Um, yeah, well, I'm on Instagram at Sarah Wassner Flynn, my whole name. Yeah, that's where I, I pop up all the time. Yeah. And I have a website at alvinhall.com and you can go on there and find out everything I'm doing. Uh, right now I'm in the middle of a book tour, so I'm all over the U.S. Well, awesome. Well, maybe we can find some and you guys see them in person. Please go and check, check Alvin out. And thank you guys again for being here and uh, listeners, please go pick up a not so common sense copy of this book, um, Super Duper Important Facts About Money You Can't Afford to Miss by Sarah and Alvin. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.